It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Glad you are here. Thanks so much for making me part of your day. I do appreciate it. It is August 25th. And the show is made possible by a great many people, a great many people who became patrons of the program, like Joseph and Dan, Brian, John, Robbie and Janet, Sarah and Frank, Karen, Manuel, Jeff and Nicole and Chris. I appreciate all of the support. I could not do uh, the program without you. And uh, you can become a patron, too, by the way. Simply go to thepetecalendarshow.com. And uh, all of the links are there. You can also go directly via Patreon. That's how that's the platform that we use. Uh, and you get exclusive content. You get the bumper stickers suitable for uh, suitable for framing or plastering on your vehicle. If you are one of those types of people that do not want to put the bumper stickers on your car, uh, well, you can put it on someone else's car. I do not mind that at all. Whatever makes you comfortable. So uh, also the links are in the description of the podcast as well. And uh Huge news today, huge news, researchers in Finland believe they have discovered the cure for hangovers. I know. In a study published Tuesday in the journal Alcohol and Alcoholism, researchers from the University of Helsinki and the University of Eastern Finland found amino acid l Cysteine, 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 I think it's cysteine, L-cysteine, but it sounds almost like a church with a really fancy painting on the ceiling. Anyway, uh, that this protein, or sorry, this amino acid relieved alcohol-reduced ailments like nausea, headache, stress, and anxiety, which I was never aware that stress and anxiety were part of a hangover. I've, I've had my share of hangovers in my life. I don't ever remember stress and anxiety being part of them. Unless, of course, I drank too much and then like had to wake up the next morning and do something. Then I guess there would be some stress and anxiety there. But I've never had... <laughs> I've, I don't ever remember that being part. I just remember like the headache and uh, yeah, the upset stomach. Right? Like that, that was always about it for me. I don't know. Um, L-cysteine... A form of cysteine, which is an amino acid important for making protein and other metabolic functions, according to the University of Rochester Medical Center, has been used previously to help treat arthritis and the hardening of arteries. It has also reportedly been used to treat certain lung diseases, according to the university. So um, let's just hope Donald Trump doesn't tout its efficacy because then we will have a massive backlash against it telling us not to do the drug. What else? The FDA has determined convalescent plasma is safe. I did not know what convalescent plasma was. Um, I assumed that this is just, you know, plasma that gets old and, wants to play canasta and eat tapioca pudding and watch Wheel of Fortune and then go to bed. I think that's what it was. But no, it isn't actually. It's uh, So yesterday, the FDA released a clinical memorandum giving emergency use authorization 
for COVID-19 convalescent plasma therapy, uh, a previously unapproved biological product. For several months, clinicians treating severely ill COVID-19 patients have transfused plasma donated by convalescing COVID-19 patients. So these are people who had the COVID-19 and now they got the plasma after having it. And so they're convalescing patients. And so you take their plasma that's got the antibodies in it uh, and then you inject it into people. uh, And then the hope there is that the same antibodies can help patients suffering from an active infection. Early results have been promising, they say. But some critics of the FDA decision have stated that more data is needed before definitive conclusions can be drawn regarding the efficacy of CCP therapy. Okay, yes, we all want to see more studies. We all want there to be proof. We all want more evidence. You got to keep running trials and tests and everything else. But I keep saying this, we are either performing battlefield medicine here or we are not. You guys need to pick a position on this okay i'm i'm pretty fed up with it now uh you 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 tell me that the the virus is terrible and everybody has to do all of these draconian things and uh then when someone comes along and says hey you know there's a drug that's already out there and we can maybe kind of use it along with some other things as like a cocktail and it seems to work with some people and the outrage that ensues the how dare you tell people to take a drug that's already been FDA approved and is on the market, but not for this particular COVID-19 novel coronavirus, because it is novel, obviously. Um, and so you get this backlash of people who refuse to allow the, the, the right to try. Th- this is where that whole effort came from, the right to try, because the government systems in place However, and I will give you the benefit of the doubt just for the sake of this argument, that it was all well-intentioned, that we're going to create all of these regulations and loopholes and trials and, you know, uh, mandatory, uh, you know, waiting periods and all of this stuff in order to make sure that, you know, nobody dies and nobody gets uh, harmed by the testing of certain drugs that, you know, find out all the side effects, everything. I'll give you the, for the sake of this argument, they were the best of intentions. It was all done for the right reasons, Okay. But at some point, if the virus is as bad as everyone says it is, that we have to completely destroy the world's economy, then uh, I think we're in a position to be trying anything and everything that we can. And anybody who is interested in trying it should try it. If I have a disease and I am dying and someone says this is an experimental drug, I have the right to try the drug. It's my body. I have the right to decide that. See, this is the libertarian in me. You don't have the you don't have the right to tell me that I can't try to save my life with some sort of uh, pharmaceutical, right, or cocktail of of pills and such. As long as I know what all of the risks are, and I'm and I'm not you know obviously like delirious. I'm of sound mind, a sound mind, uh, and that's what I think. Again, going by the the standard that has been laid out, like in North Carolina by our governor, uh, that we still can't you know can't go to a gym. You're not allowed to go work out. And so I'm thinking we're still battlefield medicine territory. Now, if you want to recalibrate your approach and all, uh, then maybe we can slow roll some of these treatments. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that this isn't an either or choice because this is right at this point. You're saying lockdown or vaccine. 
okay, well, then let's try to find a vaccine. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't be just like testing just anything willy-nilly. So wait, so now you're saying we have to go through this normal process to get to a vaccine, and meanwhile, everything stays locked down as it is in perpetuity? That's insane. That's insane. So no, I'm not on board with that. So I'm okay with this, uh, this clinical memorandum giving emergency use authorization for COVID-19 convalescent plasma, which, by the way, the... Um, abbreviation the acronym is ccp which is kind of fitting given that it did come from the the chicoms right i mean there is some crossover there so using the antibodies in plasma from patients who have defeated a viral infection to treat newly infected patients is not a new idea and this really is amazing though when you think about it right you get the people who beat the virus like i i like patients you know who 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 beat the virus. This is a very Trumpian kind of approach. I'm just kidding. So he's, <laughs> so he's, so the idea here is you take the, you take uh, the plasma from people who beat the virus and then you put it into people who are fighting the virus. And this is not a new idea. Clinicians and clinical researchers used it as early as the late 19th century to treat diphtheria. And it was employed in the early 20th century in the Spanish influenza epidemic. Sorry, it's not the Spanish flu anymore, right? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. <laughs> what is it? The flu of eight of 1918, right? Is that the, the 1980, uh, 1918 influenza epidemic, I think is what we're supposed to call it now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like the learning curve is steep on this stuff. Because it changes every day, which actually sounds a lot like website maintenance and security. So if you don't know what you're doing on your business's website or your personal website, you have no idea how to run this thing and customers are complaining about how it's not user-friendly, then get a hold of Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design. He will help you with your website, whatever level you're at. If you're just starting out or if, you're at, if your business is ongoing and has been for a while, he, he can do it all. Okay, he works with businesses at all different uh, levels of their growth. He does professional services, corporate and small business and entrepreneurs. He can help you with graphics and photos and online stores, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He does logos. He did mine. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. Links are at the PeteCallanerShow.com as well. So by issuing this emergency use authorization for COVID-19, um, so or sorry, for, yeah, for the COVID-19 convalescent plasma, the CCP, by issuing this, it allows physicians to use this plasma. The FDA did not make a final determination as to the treatment's efficacy. The agency stated that it, quote, may be effective. Okay, that's fine. Again, battlefield medicine. Right. If you're if, if we're not sure if this is going to work, then I'm all for testing it out and letting people decide whether or not they want to take it to try and survive. Um, importantly, it concluded that the treatment is safe. The FDA press release stated, quote, the known and potential benefits of the product outweigh the known and potential risks of the product. This is, by the way, from the Cato Institute, Cato at Liberty. Uh, this is a piece written by Jeffrey A. Singer. 
And the links are also at thepetecalendarshow.com as well, as I put all of my show prep, uh, show prep up onto the website. So uh, this is this is one of the things that kind of just jumped out at me when I read that sentence is why I highlighted it. The known and potential benefits of the product outweigh the known and potential risks of the product. That simple statement, what is that saying, right? The benefits outweigh the risks, this is a formula. This is a it's a it's a choice, right? It's an assessment that we are all making for ourselves all the time in in all manners of our daily lives, but specifically for COVID-19. And went over this last week, the Franklin Templeton uh, uh, group they put out, uh, you know, they're like a financial firm and they they hired Gallup to do a survey and they asked people what they perceived the risks to be of getting and dying from COVID-19 and people have wild misperceptions of uh, the lethality and their risks of catching COVID-19 and then dying from it. And they have wild misperceptions uh, about the risks to different populations. They think everybody is equally likely, the majority of people, like a lot of people in this Gallup survey, they were like, we think everybody can get it. And it's like 50-50 among everybody, among all age groups. And it's not true. It's not true. The The most vulnerable people are over the age of 55. And uh, if you are under the age of, I'm trying to go off memory here, I, I do have it in the stack of stuff uh, over on the other table there, but... If you're under the age of uh, 40, chances are you're you're not going to die from it. Like, it's really, 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 really unlikely. If you're a kid, you're more likely to die in a car accident on your way to school than from COVID-19 that you catch at school. That This is like, this is risk assessment. There are people, there are entire industries. I don't know, like, I thought a lot of people recognize this, but apparently they don't. Um, and maybe I do because I did a very brief stint in insurance and when you deal with insurance this is what the whole thing is about you're weighing risk right life insurance is to quote an old friend uh life insurance is the insurance company betting that uh, you're not gonna die and you betting you will that's the bet that's the wager and they look at you before they write the policy and they're going to say, okay, well, what are you, do you engage in risky behaviors? You know, are you doing, uh, you know, rock climbing, free base or no, is that base jumping? Sorry. Free basing is something else. I don't think you can get a, don't think you can get a life insurance policy. If you admit to free basing, <laughs> that's, <some, laughs> right, that's drug, that's drug abuse. Right. But base jumping, that's where you like jump off of buildings and stuff. So, you know, with parachutes and bungee cords, like if you engage in risky behavior, you're not as likely to get the uh, the insurance coverage, right? Actuarials. These are people who, like the the underwriters, these they look at actuarials and, they, and they, they assess your risk. What is the risk of dying? And that is entirely missing from so much of the debate around COVID-19. What are your risks? I mentioned this last week as well. Our governor and our secretary of health never talk about these data points. It's always about the case numbers, it's about the death numbers, and it's never case fatality rates. It's never risk assessment for different groups. It's never there's never any discussion about herd immunity, which by the way, now we're starting to see in some of the countries that lock down severely, their numbers are now starting to go back up. And everybody's like, "Oh, it's a second wave." It's not a second wave. It's still the first wave. 
what happens when a lot of these nations and states lock down and lock down early, what happens? You do limit the spread, right? Because you've you've prevented people from going out and mingling. And so they're not in contact with each other. So yes, you you it does lead to a reduction in the spread. But at some point, you have to open some things back up. And when you do, now the numbers go back up again, because there isn't really anything that we have found that's that's killing the virus or combating it in any significant way. And so the virus goes and it uh, it it kills the most vulnerable people. So the best way I would say would be to quarantine and lock down the most vulnerable people to protect them. You don't lock down all of the healthy people, right? That That's... Like that was the that was the overreach, I think, looking back on it now, and I understand why everybody did it. I'm not knocking the the leadership for and at various state levels and all over the world. Nobody knew what we were dealing with. So I give them I don't want to say a pass. I forgive them though. I you have to. They made they made I believe they made the best decision they could with the limited information they had, relying on experts to guide them. And Nobody knew what the virus was, how it was being transmitted, how deadly it was going to be. Because, I mean, can you imagine if this virus was as deadly for all age groups as many people perceive? And by the way, one of the things that that Franklin Templeton survey that was it was is a Gallup. I should just call it a Gallup survey. One of the things that the Gallup survey found was that the misperception of risk was much greater among Democrats, which explains why you see so uh, so many Democrats that are resistant to any kind of discussion about reopening, because they really do believe that the virus is going to kill every single age group equally. This is why they're like, we can't open schools, and like, but no, but kids don't catch it, and they don't spread it, and if they do catch it, it's very mild for them. So, like, what what are you talking about? Like, you're trying to kill grandma. You're going to kill everybody. And this is, by the way, what happened uh, yesterday with the president's trip to Asheville. This is this was part of the coverage because uh, a lot of our media now, because think about it, newsrooms are usually filled with people who are left leaning at the very least, and according to the Gallup survey. People who are of that political persuasion have a particular view of the risks. And so now they're going out and they're, what are they doing? They're looking at everybody who's wearing a mask. Are you wearing a mask? Are you wearing a mask? Are you wearing a mask? Now, by the way, you can get some masks. If you go to generalrents.com slash Pete, you'll get a coupon for two free masks. You're welcome. Yeah, generalrents.com slash Pete, and uh, you get two free cloth face coverings. But I know you're not there for the face coverings. Uh, the whole point here is to go to General Equipment Rental in Weaverville and get yourself the Karcher misting system with vital oxide disinfectant. And then you can roll that thing around your business or your uh, property or your house and you spray everything down and then it's all sanitized for up to 10 days. And then all you got to do is spot clean the high traffic areas. It's fantastic. The vital oxide disinfectant stuff, it is an all-in-one, hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant, sanitizer, and deodorizer. It kills 99.9% of infection-causing bacteria and viruses, including the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. It also kills mold and mildew and fungus. Um, 
Also, the norovirus, the H1N1 bird flu, influenza, MRSA, E. coli. Uh, you don't have to rinse anything down afterwards because it is non-toxic. It's hypoallergenic. It's odorless. It's colorless. 100% biodegradable. It's safe for kids and pets and food contact surfaces. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's super easy to use, too. It's cordless. It rolls around. It's like the size of a shop vac. You got to use this Karcher misting system with vital oxide disinfectant from General Equipment Rental in Waverville. Okay. Family owned and operated for three generations, meeting all of your equipment rental needs. In this case, the Karcher misting system. And uh, you can use the promo code Pete at their website, General Rents slash Pete, and you'll get the uh, the face coverings as well. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com. Think outside your toolbox, which actually is one of the problems that a lot of our elected officials and the health experts guiding them, this is one of the limitations that they have shown us. They cannot think outside their toolbox. They don't have a lot of tools. They really don't. Um, the response, I think we talked about this months ago when this first happened, and they started doing the lockdowns, there really wasn't any other way for for government to respond. Like, what else could they do? Quarantines, lockdowns, basically run and hide from this thing. Okay, then they got like, all right, wear a mask. Although the first they said, don't wear a mask. But now they're saying, you know, they said, wear masks, wash your hands a lot. But that's just good hygiene. Again, I'm a hand washer. Guilty as charged. I raise my clean right hand and swear I do wash my hands a lot um, and proud of it. Um, and then what else? You know, wait six feet apart. Okay. And and I get that. And after I saw some of these videos, I talked about this at the time, you know, some of the research that was being done on the uh, the micro droplets, the lung juice that you exhale as you're talking. I mean, I can only imagine how much lung juice is suspended because it's, it's so small, it's it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't sink. It doesn't fall to the ground. It's so small. It's so light. It just basically suspends in air, these micro droplets. And then uh, other people breathe them in. And so that's why I've made a vow that I am never going to speak to another person in a closed room ever again. Um, just everything's outside now for me all the time. <laughs> no, it's pretty nasty though. It really is. When you see like, the, I posted a video. It was like, this research that was done in Japan and they had uh, this like green laser light that was shining. They were shining it across this room and it was all black and they had these two guys in there and they were just talking in a loud voice. And, uh, and you can see like a lot of their, their spit and their, what do you, uh, their, their exhalations. And they would just, you could see the cloud of it and a lot of it would fall. You could see it settle, but then you could see some of it that wouldn't and it would just linger and so this is why they say ventilation is key. Open the windows, which, by the way, also was one of the responses. Opening windows was also one of the responses during the Spanish flu. Sorry, the influenza pandemic of 1918. Um, that was also one of the treatments. Yeah, people were all about opening windows. There were pictures I've seen of uh, from back then when people would take the the beds and they would stick the head of the bed out a window. And then you would lay down on the bed with your head outside because they believed in the fresh air would help you with the respiratory ailments. Uh, and so, like, I've always thought, why not include that? It's, you could use that. Open a window. That's a W. 
You know, we know the governor and his secretary of health, Mandy Cohen, they're all about the, uh, you know, the, the three W's. Well, you could have added a fourth W, windows, open windows, get air circulation, get ventilation going. Why wouldn't you tell people that? This is what I mean. Little things like this along the way, if you're like, if you're trying to give people and you're tr- as much information, you're trying to arm them with knowledge throughout this pandemic, why wouldn't you tell them all of the little things that help like this too? Why do you just treat us like we're kindergartners having to bash us over the head all the time with the happy talk of the three W's and never any kind of discussion about case fatality rates or opening windows, ventilation systems, anything like that? There's a article we, we talked about, uh, I want to say, what, two weeks ago maybe, uh, where there was a big fight over all of this about the ventilation systems and uh, because it was they created, um, it was a carrier, right? The guy named Carrier, he created air conditioning right about the same time as the, I think they were called the ventilationists, not kidding. It was like the movement, the ventilation movement <laughs> in America that was like, no, no, you got to get airflow. Well, you had a lot of people that were working in factories and the factories would get really hot. And some of them would have to like shut down in the hot months because the materials they were working with uh, couldn't be used, right? Just the humidity made them uh, difficult to work with. It ruined the product. And so you had a lot of factories that couldn't work year round. Well, here comes Carrier with his air conditioning device. And now, hey, we could actually get more productivity out of this. We can air condition the factory. And uh, and the whole point, you know, to reduce the humidity. Well, then you had this fight between the ventilationists and the uh, air conditioning people because the ventilation was like, you got to have fresh air coming into these things. And that, be, that was just really expensive. And so uh, that didn't win the day. And what won the day was AC, which we have right now, which I believe is actually one of the reasons why the Southeast and the Sun Belt has grown as, uh, as much as it has over the last uh, 100 years. The invention of air conditioning. That and sweet tea and sweet tea they're basically equal um in uh in their impacts on the society anyway all of this is to say that i am for the practice of battlefield medicine when stuff comes along and people are willing to try things that might help we should be allowed to try the right to try the freedom to try and if that's whether that's opening windows or it's using this convalescent plasma all for it. The the mem- or the uh, emergency use authorization leaves decisions about the plasma's efficacy, whether it works. It leaves it up to doctors and clinical researchers instead of making them wait until the FDA's bureaucrats are fully convinced. It should do this all the time, by the way, according to Cato, and I agree. The Cato Institute, libertarian think tank. This this should be the standard, not just during a public health emergency. To patients with life-threatening or debilitating conditions, every passing moment is an emergency, okay? Right now, everybody recognizes, yes, we're in emergency, so we can do this. But um, if you're living with some debilitating disease and there's an experimental drug out there, you should be able to try it. You should have the right to try it. Um, I doubt it will happen because it's GovCo, but I can dream. I can dream. Uh, All right, so President Trump came to town, stopped in Charlotte. I watched all of his speeches yesterday. Stops in Charlotte, 
and um, he, he addresses the convention because he had just secured the official nomination. They cast the you know, all of the electors cast their votes for him and or delegates, sorry, cast their votes for him. Uh, so he secures the nomination uh, and uh, then he gets on the chopper and heads to Asheville Regional Airport. And then he speaks to the crowd out at the tarmac there for a little while. It was pretty short. It was like three minutes or so. He didn't spend a lot of time out there. Uh, and then he gets into the motorcade and he drives to Mills River, Henderson County, where he does this announcement of a $1 billion boost in aid to a food program. Okay. Um, and I have some audio clips from this appearance. So here is, uh, first off, how he started the event. Did you see the crowd outside? I don't know if they report it. I don't think they do. You know they are, right? Fake news. <laughs> no, I don't know that they report it. That is an unbelievable. Thousands and thousands of people lined up so far. And it was very important for me to come to North Carolina because we wanted to be here. But your governor didn't allow it because he's in a shutdown mode, along with a lot of other Democrat governors, and it's uh, it's too bad. But I want to thank Kirby and the incredible people I just met, farmers and wonderful business people and really humanitarians. They're incredible people. I'm thrilled to be at the Flavor First Growers and Packers facility here in the great state of North Carolina. And, you know, uh, Joe Biden was supposed to be in Wisconsin, but he never showed up. I showed up. In fact, we did our count, our, our vote we did here in North Carolina. We did it in Charlotte a little while ago. I was there. It was a great, exciting moment, actually. Today, we're here to celebrate the incredible work of the farmers and faith leaders and amazing volunteers who are caring for their community through our highly successful farmers to families food box program. I just looked at a couple of those boxes and I said, I want to have something right now, but they thought it would be inappropriate because I was coming up to speak. So the headline there is that Donald Trump tries to eat poor people's food. I think that was the uh, the takeaway. But beautiful looking <laughs> stuff. We're grateful to be joined by Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, and somebody that you know, Ivanka Trump. And uh, Ivanka has been a big supporter of this project and this whole uh, program, and it's been it's made people that were looking for food happy, and it's made the farmers happy. With all of us, uh, we're just uh, thrilled to be here. You have a representative named Ted Budd. Where's Ted Budd? Where's Ted? Ted, thank you very much. What a great warrior you've been. Ted Budd, Congressman. Thank you, Ted, very much. I appreciate it. And where's Madison? Where is Madison? Is he here? What? Oh, if I had a face like that, I would have been president 20 years ago. If I, if I looked like him, I would have been president 20 years ago, Kirby. Madison Cawthorn and uh, a real star. You're going to be a star of the party. Thank you very much. What a great guy. Great guy. He was in the Oval Office. I didn't want my picture with him because he looks too good. Great. Proud of you, too. And I hear you're doing really well over there. Thank you very much, Madison. So uh, a couple things. Uh, I, th I left this part in because he was talking about the food program, and I'm going to circle back to that. But um, I left that part in because you notice the difference in the way he talked about Madison Cawthorn versus Ted Budd. Um, 
I'm not even sure he knows who Ted Budd is. Maybe he does, but you can tell he knows who Madison Cawthorn is. He remembers Madison. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be any kind of hard feelings about Donald Trump endorsing Madison Cawthorn's opponent in the primary, Linda Bennett, right? Doesn't seem that there's any kind of animosity there. So, uh, and also, the, the real reason why I kept it in was because it shows a side of Trump that I don't think gets a lot of attention or coverage or even notice, really, because he... The way Trump operates, as I've been watching him, um, his sense of humor is such that it's very difficult for a lot of people to catch his jokes. And I don't think he has a very, this is my opinion, I don't think he has a very refined sense of humor on a lot of this stuff. I do think, though, that he is on occasion capable of engaging in self-deprecation. And... um, that's a surprise. It was a surprise to me. I didn't know that he had, that that he could do that. Honestly, because there are people who just don't do that. There are people who never make themselves the butt of their own jokes. That can and yeah, they're just either really super serious people, or they you know they take themselves too seriously. You know, they're really insecure. And uh, hearing him do that today, like that's, I, I thought that was a side of him that I've not seen, if at all. If I have seen it, I mean, maybe once or twice, not that I even remember, but I thought that was important. Self-deprecation, that kind of humor, I think is healthy. And if people are unable to engage in it, I'm a little suspicious of them. In case you haven't noticed, I engage in self-deprecation as well because I, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm a healthy person. At least I think so. (laughs) And I would totally tell you if I wasn't. See, I just did it right there. We are through the looking glass here, people. What's interesting also is that there was a lot of media focus on who was wearing a mask and who wasn't. As I mentioned this earlier, who was social distancing, who wasn't. Oh, my gosh, there's Mark Meadows. He's walking around talking to people, and they're coming up and shaking his hand, and they're leaning in to talk to each other, and they're too close. They're, oh, my gosh, they're not distanced. They're not waiting six feet apart. They're not wearing a mask. They're not, I don't even see them wash their hands. Now, what's interesting, though, is that they're all outside. They're outside. So, guys, if you're outside, then just pretend it's a Black Lives Matter rally. Right? Like, this is the thing that gets me. Like, on the one hand, this the same people, you can read their Twitter feeds, you can read their Facebook timeline and see. They're, they're literally praising the protests and demonstrations, uh, celebrating these people being out in the streets uh, for justice. Uh, and uh, and there's never any kind of concern about the spread of the virus. Yet, hang on a second. Uh, well, I, it's already closed out. I had a window here open, but it's fine. Like, I'm, There was one guy who's like, these guys are creating a super spreader event. I was just going to read you his exact quote, but that's basically his exact quote. He called it a super spreader. They, and then Mark Meadows and Donald Trump, all they care about is power. They don't care about you, the people. I mean, you can hear this. this is political narrative crafting going on, right? These are people who think they're so clever that they're going to engage in, in Goebbels-esque kind of uh, propaganda efforts, uh, and we're not going to realize the reason why they're framing these things as they're framing them is to make you think that these pe- that the Republicans want you to be dead so you won't vote for them. Oh my gosh, they're going to kill me. Ah, I'm not going to vote for that guy. Right? 
I got to vote for the Democrat because the Democrat's not trying to kill me. This is in their mind how they think they win these arguments. That Republican wants you dead. Vote for me. And maybe it's worked for a long time. I don't think it works anymore, though. So that's, I think, part of the the rationale or the explanation for why a lot of this coverage has been about who was wearing a mask and who was social distancing. And uh, everybody's becoming these little uh, hall monitors, these little scolds, uh, particularly in the media. And I I get it. Media is lazy. And so it's a very lazy story to, you know, you're going to cover some oh, boring story about some food program that's helping farmers and the hungry. But ugh, who's wearing a mask? Oh, that's way I can get some clicks out of that. So I get it. Um, but also you have a lot of people in the newsrooms that are, as I mentioned earlier, left of center. And according to the Gallup survey, they have a wildly. Uh, inaccurate perception of the risks of COVID-19 for different populations. And so they don't even probably, some of them probably don't even see another story. They see people without masks and they think they're trying to kill everybody, which is also one of the things that's kind of interesting is why are the lefties so concerned about the health of the righties? Why do these leftists care so much whether Trump supporters, who I am told are Klan people, right? These are Klansmen and women, Klans, Klans ladies, Klan ladies. Is that strictly, I'm just realizing, has that always been a male thing? Like only dudes? Do women get to be in the Klan? Because if you're under the robes, nobody really knows. Anyway, um, maybe I can ask the uh, governor of Virginia if I ever get a chance to interview him. I kid, it was just a costume. Or he maybe it wasn't even his costume. He could have been the one in blackface. You never know. So he doesn't even remember. Remember? He 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 couldn't even tell you. So um they think all of the Republicans are are the Klan and racist and neo Nazis. So why would you care if they all die? Right? Have you thought about that? Yeah. These are the things I think about every now and again. <laughs> Now, if you're thinking about getting some military surplus, then think no more about where to go. It's Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. And uh, he's been selling, he and his dad, uh, who has since passed away, uh, Tim and his dad, they have been selling real U.S. military surplus for 30 years, okay, plus Old Grouch's military surplus. They've got an expanded line of first aid kits and medical supplies for all kinds of emergencies uh, from scrapes all the way to gunshot wounds. And they have step-by-step instructions so anybody can follow them, including me. And I'm terrible at following directions. Uh, Body armor, all kinds. These are made to NATO specifications. This is for in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. They do have face masks as well, which is a really cool thing. They're made out of parachutes, military parachutes, and uh, they're done by a local family, disabled vet and his family. Uh, and so that's a really cool thing to help those folks out. They got hit really hard with the the lockdowns and such. Uh, they have uh, the steel gas cans, the pre-band kind, the old ones, the good ones, basically, before GovCo came in and regulated them to death, uh, literally. And uh, tons of real U.S. military surplus, of course. Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. So next up, oh, credit where it's due. Credit where it is due. Joel Burgess at the Asheville Citizen Times actually discussed the food program. 
the uh, what is it called here? The Farmers to Families Food Box Program. And so kudos because this is a this is a good news story. This is a good story. And on the rare occasion when you can find a government program that has worked fairly well, I think particularly people on the left should be touting it. <laughs> but I understand why they might not want to because it may indicate that uh, Donald Trump might have known or might have uh, inadvertently or may have lucked into uh, overseeing a program or implementing a program that worked. I know, God forbid, God forbid, people get fed and farmers make money. If it benefits Trump in some way, God forbid, (laughs) those things happen. So a lot of the media, and I was watching it in real time, a lot of the media was focusing on the masks and um, not focusing on the program. When the China virus struck our nation, many farmers had no place to send their crops or livestock. At the same time, families across the country were in need of groceries. They wanted to eat well. And uh, next year, they're going to be eating better than ever before because we're going to have a tremendous year, I'll tell you. Economically, you see the numbers coming in, and you see even the employment numbers coming in. In the last quarter, more people hired more jobs than any over 9 million jobs than at any quarter ever before. It's a record. We're going to have a great year. We're going to have a great quarter, but we're going to have a great year. That's why we launched the Farmers to Families Food Box Program. Through this program, the Department of Agriculture is purchasing food from farmers. Then local distributors pack and deliver the boxes and families in need get it and they get to eat very well. We're tremendously grateful for the 185 employees here at this facility who have packed roughly 7,000 boxes a week. That's not bad, Kirby, right? 7,000 boxes a week is a lot of boxes. Thanks as well to the incredible volunteers at Baptists on Mission who ship boxes to over 200 pickup locations all across your great state. With your help, in just three months, we've delivered over 1 billion pounds of food providing more than 100 million meals to Americans most in need. And this is a program that just got started, and they're already, uh, as soon as I saw it, I saw one line that was hungry and one line that had so much food they had to dispose of it, the farmers. I said, let's put them together. And with Sonny and with all of the people that worked on it and Ivanka's backing, strong backing, we got it done in literally a week, right? We got it done in, I think, might have even been might have even been less than a week. That's not bad. Today I'm proud to announce that we will provide an additional one billion dollars to fund the farmers to families food box program. It's worked out so well. It's worked out so well. You know what else works out really well? Buying or selling a house with Rowie and a patent. It's true. It works out so well, especially if you're trying to sell a house and you're not getting anywhere. That's your realtor, folks. Uh, your house uh, there's a way to market your house. Rowena knows how to market homes. She's been doing it for a very long time. She outsells 99% of the realtors in the entire state. She's the only agent that I am using to buy a house. And uh, you should as well. Christy and I, were just uh, we just started looking at houses and uh, different neighborhoods and stuff. Uh, so we're at the beginning of the process. Uh, but that's the only call I made. You should too. 333-4483. That's the phone number. Write it down. I'll wait. Get a pen. All right. 333-4483. The website is also mountainhomehunt.com. That's mountainhomehunt.com. 
Com. Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team put them to work for you. Mountainhomehunt.com. And then start backing. So Donald Trump also took aim at China. Repeatedly, uh, he called the COVID-19, he called it the China virus. In our fight against the China virus, we've launched the greatest industrial mobilization. This is the greatest industrial mobilization. All of the things that we've done to to take on this horrible, horrible scourge that's come in, to take on this horrible, uh, terrible plague, I call it sometimes. Uh, We didn't deserve this. We didn't deserve this. And they could have stopped it. And we had just signed an incredible trade deal with China. In fact, last week, Sonny was telling me the largest order of corn in the history of our country, twice largest order of soybeans in history. But, you know, I feel so differently because the ink wasn't even dry on that trade deal when we got hit with the China virus. I feel very differently about it. In our fight against the virus, we've launched this mobilization, and it's the biggest since World War II biggest and most successful too you'll be hearing that on thursday night i'm going to be talking about it because what we've done is incredible we would have saved we would have you would have had a situation if you looked at the lives saved if we didn't close down now reopen and we reopen problem is your governor doesn't want to reopen he wants to keep it shut down and you can't do that because there's a lot of bad statistics on the other side shutdowns cause problems too with yes suicide and depression and loss of jobs and loss of a lot of other things. So we have to get your state open. We have to get uh, numerous states open that are run by Democrats, because I really believe, I really believe on November 4th, they're all going to be open. It's going to be a miracle. we got to get Pennsylvania open. Now, we have Pennsylvania, we have here, we have others. And, uh, well, Wisconsin is another one, right? All Democrats, they want to Keep it closed as long as possible, right up until the election. Then they're going to open it. But you know what? The numbers are so good anyway that they are having a hard time. They're having a little hard time with this whole situation. So going back to the Gallup survey, finding that there's a misperception of the risk, and this misperception is way greater among Democrats. Um, If I were to give them the benefit of the doubt, when looking at the states that are still closed to various degrees, and they are run by Democrats, would that explain it? In other words, there's a political explanation that I think Trump is hinting at here, right? Trump is saying that they're keeping it closed for politics. They're keeping it closed to uh, hurt his reelection chances. But that has always been, and I've heard this argument from, you know, other folks, listeners of the show and stuff. And, uh, I'm not so sure, because if it's going to hurt Trump, it would also then, I would assume, hurt the governors. It, probably more so, right? I blame the local, I mean, I blame our state response, the problems with our state response, I blame the governor. Uh, if there are problems at the federal level, then I would blame Trump for that. But most of the response has been at the state level. So, and, and I think that's appropriate, by the way. I don't think Trump should have taken over, you know, a nationalized uh, protocol uh, to combat the virus. Uh, I think it was appropriate for states to deal with the uh, the disaster because that's what the states are uh, accustomed to doing. States and governors and emergency operations centers. I mean, the feds can play a supporting role, but that's that front line. That's the state job. So um, 
I don't I don't necessarily think that Trump uh, takes all of the heat by keeping it locked down, although the uh, I guess you could say that you know, like it, it, it's designed to suppress the economy. And look, Democrats are like out there bashing Trump for you know, all the jobs lost. And it's a completely dishonest argument. We all know this, right? It's a completely dishonest attack because the pandemic occurred. It's a global recession. It had impacts across the planet and everybody reacted very much the same way. And now you're going to say, well, Trump oversaw all these jobs getting lost. Like, really? You're not going to you're not going to chalk that up to the virus because I do like I think rational people would. So I'm not so sure about that. But if I give see, if I'm looking at the Gallup survey, then this makes a little bit more sense that you've got Democratic governors who can't perceive the risk correctly. And so they're making these decisions to stay locked down because they're terrified, because whatever. I don't know. And I don't know why Democrats are reacting this way. I, I don't know if they react this way because they're Democrats or they're Democrats because they have a mindset that leads them to react this way. And that falls in line with an ideology. I don't know. I just find it to be really, really informative. And I think it, it sheds a lot of light as to why there is this disagreement in how to proceed. Now, there should be no disagreement in how to proceed when purchasing a mattress because mattress man stores have the mattresses. They've got all of the mattresses. Like I think they there are none there are no other mattresses anywhere else except at mattress man stores. So you have to go there. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that though. But it might be true. Traditional inner spring mattresses and pocketed springs and memory foams and pillow tops, natural latex, hand tufted, two sided hotel foam. They have adjustable bases as well. And those are cool because you can hook them up through your smartphone. And so you can just be like, you know, checking your Twitter feed and then raising up the feed, lowering the head. You can do all of that. It's fantastic. And they have the triple zero deal going on zero money down, zero interest for up to two years, zero payments for three months. It's basically free. For, I mean, that for that time period. They have a 120-day comfort guarantee. They ship nationwide. They have five-star local delivery service. They have four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. And you can experience the difference by just walking into any of them. They practice all of the safety protocols as well. Find the store nearest you at mattressmanstores.com and check out all of their inventory. It's all there at the site. Mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. Finally, Donald Trump said that the great American comeback is very much underway. We've added the jobs in the United States. Uh, if you look at the stock market, it's just about, in fact, Nasdaq just set a new record. And it's uh, over a period of three weeks. It's actually, I think, broken the record 14 or 15 times. And you're going to see something with the... Uh, with Dow, because you watch Dow and you're looking at the numbers, and we're very close to breaking those records. When I left this morning, the stock market was up almost 300 points. We'll see where it is. And that's a leading indicator. That's great stuff. That's your 401ks. That's your stocks. And the economy is quickly following. Wages are up nearly 5%. Retail spending is fully recovered and is at an all-time high. Can you imagine that retail spending is now at a higher level than it was prior to the plague coming in. Can you believe that? I mean, who would think that? And home builder optimism is at a record high. And uh, prices are going up and homes are being built and it's an incredible thing that's happening. And when we get rid of this, this virus, which will happen and it will happen sooner than people think, and that's with the vaccines, but even without the vaccines, it's happening. 
During this time of trial, we've seen once and again that the strength of our nation lies in patriotic citizens like everyone here today. Right. So this is very important for Trump to make this argument that the economy is rebounding. So he's aware of it. His campaign is aware of the line of attack that the Democrats are making on the economic front. Uh, So he's trying to shore up that argument. And he's also then trying to make the argument that Democrats are uh, not for law and order, right, that uh, they're the party of chaos and riots and violence and all of that. And I mean, honestly, if you've been watching what's been going on out of Wisconsin (laughs) and Portland and Seattle and California and everywhere else. All right. So uh, but the other thing here is he makes essentially this prediction that the virus is going to fade away and That's a pretty big bet to make, to go public with. But then again, Trump can do that because, really, he can make all sorts of predictions that don't come true and promises that he doesn't fulfill and nobody seems to care. So I don't know if he pays a price for it at all. Uh, But it is indicative of a perspective that a lot of people on the right have, uh, which is that, uh, that this is going to burn itself out and there is going to come a point pretty soon here where enough people have gotten it that there's herd immunity and they're looking at sweden and by the way yesterday the infection rate in france uh, now is 60 percent higher than that of sweden sweden is beating a lot of the european countries in the fight against new coronavirus infections the case numbers possibly because of its decision not to implement tough lockdown measures in other words They already saw their surge. They already had the virus rip through their society. And so now they're on the tapering off side of it. Whereas other nations that went lockdown, heavy lockdown, they didn't build the herd immunity. And there are still a lot of vulnerable people now that are going to get infected and die. In other words, maybe viruses are just going to virus. And we are very limited in what we can do to prevent it. That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a thumbs up in the reviews. Positive review. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for your support. We'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>